0: You are watching Inside the Americas, coming up. Police brutality in the spotlight again as America buries the latest young black man to be killed during a routine traffic stop. The details on the elite police unit behind that fatal beating with correspondent Wassim Cornet. coming up. Then from con man to congressman, a look at New York Republican George Santos, whose growing web of lies forced him to resign this week from his congressional committees. We'll find out if his job itself could be on the line. And censorship on the rise in the United States. More and more school librarians sharing stories of how they've been harassed and pressured to ban books. I'm Jeannie Godzilla. This week, America was rocked by the brutal killing of Tyree Nichols. The 29-year-old black man was killed during a traffic stop by an elite police unit made up of five officers who are also black. That beating in Memphis, Tennessee, was viewed across the country through a series of video recordings. 1,186 people were actually killed by police last year, and this despite the huge uprising against police brutality and systemic racism after the 2020 police killing of George Floyd. Well, France 24's Wassim Cornet was in Memphis in the days following Tyree Nichols' death, and he joins me now for more. Wassim, first of all, what was the reaction like there as these revelations in the case started to come out?
1: Hi, Jeannie. Well, there was more anger and sorrow. One sentence we kept hearing again and again was this can't keep going on. You know, a lot was said about uh, the fact that it is, as you mentioned, five black police officers who took part in the deadly beating of Tyree Nichols. Well, uh, in January, I also covered the Monterey Park shooting, mass shooting here uh, just east of Los Angeles in a heavily... Asian-American neighborhood, and when we found out later in the day that it was a 72-year-old Asian-American man who had committed the mass shooting, people we spoke to said it does make it a little less worse, a little less horrifying that this was not a hate crime. This was not what we heard in Memphis. A lot of people were saying that this just went to show that, in fact, it was uh, the police system that was systemically racist. One of the gentlemen uh, we spoke to also said that. Let's take a listen to what he had to say.
2: We need to address so many issues, uh, institutional racism, uh, police corruption, poor poor municipal oversight, uh, and just brutality. I mean, anyone that saw this video knows what what occurred. And um, we have to address those issues. Otherwise, this is just going to be a reoccurring thing every few months in every city, not just across the United States, but across the world.
1: One thing that did happen was that there was swift reaction. The five police officers who were involved in that deadly beating, they were all uh, fired and then arrested and charged for several charges, including second degree murder. They've since posted bail and been released. There were two other police officers who were relieved of their duties. Uh, The fire department also took action. Two EMTs who were present that night who tended to Tyree Nichols in the moments following the deadly beating, uh, as well as one fire lieutenant were also relieved their duties for, for failing to, wor- to uh, work at a standard that was expected from them, from the fire department.
0: Wasim, those officers who have been fired and charged were all part of the now disbanded elite police unit called Scorpion. Tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, well, we were at a, a march in honor of Tyree Nichols uh, a few days after his death when the news came in that that Scorpion unit had been disbanded. And let me tell you, there were cheers coming from that crowd because it was a highly controversial unit from its inception 14 months ago, back in October of 2021. It operated on the very simple premise, uh, some might say flawed premise, that what high cr- uh, crime neighborhoods need is more police presence in the form of unmarked cars and um, plain-clothes officers. Now, the police chief, in the aftermath of the death of Tyree Nichols, although she did acknowledge that her officers had, quote, gone off the rails, she said that that unit had done more uh, good than harm in its 14 months of existence. But critics point to the fact that uh, their methods of operation were questionable. One of the people we spoke to at the march says she comes from a low-income neighborhood, and uh, those police officers essentially created terror in the neighborhood. Critics also point to Uh, Who these people were, uh, nearly half of them in that 50-person unit were former military police officers and uh, uh, several others were former correctional officers. They say that points to the increasing militarization of police forces in the United States.
0: Wesley, the death of Tyree Nichols has certainly reignited this ongoing debate over police reform in the States. What exactly can be done to stop this kind of police brutality for good? (laughs)
1: Analysts agree that uh, what needs to be done is to restore trust with the community that police officers serve. Uh, One of the attorneys for the family of Tyree Nichols says that... um What happened in Memphis reveals a system where uh, that justifies excessive force uh, against uh, people uh, of color. Now, uh, in 2020, after the murder of George Floyd, there was uh, a push for police reform. A year later, Joe Biden tried to uh, pass a bill that uh, would have banned chokehold and things such as no-knock arrests. Unfortunately, that bill failed. There has been a renewed push for that. Democrats have been Quite bullish following the, the the death of Tyree Nichols, but uh, Republican response has been uh, lukewarm to say the least.
0: Okay, Wesim, thank you so much for that. That's our Wesim Cornet reporting from Los Angeles. Next, now the incredible story of the con man who became a congressman. He drew notice for his impressive biography, the descendant of Holocaust survivors who rose from college volleyball star to Wall Street financier. The problem. None of it was true, as an investigation by The New York Times revealed. With his web of lies unraveling, that man, George Santos, has dug in his heels and refused to resign. Republican leaders, meanwhile, have declined to weigh in, loath to lose a seat in their slim House majority. Brian Quinn explains. How can you effectively do your
3: a job serial liar with an invented past in America's halls of power.
0: The like, questions been...
3: will be answered to the when? appropriate people. The media is not judge and jury of anything, not... On the campaign trail, George Santos called his personal story the embodiment of the American dream. An openly gay Republican, the grandchild of Holocaust survivors, a star volleyball player at public college in New York City before going on to a successful career on Wall Street while running an animal rescue charity on the side. But as the New York Times discovered in a December investigation, little of his story was true. Santos's grandparents were Brazilian Catholics. Goldman Sachs and Citigroup had never heard of him, nor had the Baruch College volleyball team. Santos had even once falsely claimed that his mother died in the 9-11 terror attacks. His finances are just as opaque. Santos once appeared to have lent his congressional campaign over $700,000 while declaring a $750,000 salary and $1 million in dividends from his family asset management company, despite the company having no publicly listed clients, assets or property. His campaign expenditures have drawn scrutiny as well, with $40,000 spent on air travel, $30,000 on hotels and a raft of questionable expense filings. Santos appears to have spent time in Brazil, where he tried his hand at drag competitions before drawing a criminal charge of check fraud. The neighborhood diversity group organized an LGBT parade. He wore a very simple black dress. They interviewed him. He said he worked in the best houses in Rio, which was a lie. As revelations of the congressman's fabrications mounted, so did calls for his resignation from constituents and Democrats, as well as state and local Republican leaders. Uh,
1: I will not resign. I will be continuing to hold my office elected by the people.
3: National level GOP leaders, though, declined to weigh in, even assigning him seats on two congressional committees, from which he has since recused himself amid multiple investigations. Santos had supported Republican Kevin McCarthy in his grueling bid for House Speaker, and with a razor-slim majority in the chamber, the GOP can ill afford to lose a seat. Many see Santos as a reflection of the Republican Party's moral drift in the wake of the Trump presidency, where alternative facts and far-right conspiracy theories have eclipsed reality for a large segment of the party's base.
0: And finally, the nonprofit PEN America has described what it called an unprecedented flood of book bans over the past school year. Its recent report found over 2,500 instances across the country during the 21-22 year. Uh, this says more and more school librarians are sharing their experiences of harassment and pressure to ban books. Well, to talk more about this, we've got France 24's book
2: editor, Catherine Kadir Clifford, on the set. Kathy, first of all, where is this trend coming from? So the Penn report uh, says the vast majority of these demands aren't actually coming from concerned parents complaining individually, but from from advocacy, advocacy groups who are working in organized movements to really try to limit what, what kind of books students can access in public schools. Um, It identified at least 50 groups from across the U.S. um, And within the over 2,500 books band that you mentioned, um, these took place across 32 different states. uh, And those which saw the most bans were um, Florida, Texas, and Pennsylvania. Uh, The campaigners include conservative parental groups such as Moms for Liberty, uh, Mama Bears Rising, or the far-right group, the Proud Boys, and many from these groups accused skills of being overrun with progressive ideas that they think are confusing kids over themes like uh, gender and uh, race Uh, And this has actually increased since the pandemic because uh, parents who were opposed to uh, mask rules uh, got a bit more involved with their kids' uh, educational materials. Uh, The report also found that state lawmakers have become more involved in these debates. So what kind of books exactly are we talking about? So uh, within the the banned books, there were 1,648 individual titles that were involved. Uh, 41% of them had prominent LGBTQ characters or explored these themes. 40% had uh, characters of colour, 22% had sexual content, and 21% were titles that deal with racism uh, or race. Uh, As for intended readership, it's not maybe what you would expect. Only 11% were aimed at adults, uh, around half were aimed at young adults, and almost 20% were children's picture books. Uh, I've got a couple of examples to show you. There's When Aidan Became a Brother, or The Family Book, which references uh, same-sex parents. Uh, the most frequently banned books were Gender Queer, a memoir, and uh, All Boys Aren't Blue, and they're both memoirs about queer identity. Uh, some high profile, frequently banned authors are Toni Morrison and Margaret Atwood. Uh, also, Stephen King, who actually tweeted uh, urging kids to head to the nearest book store or library and find out ASAP what they don't want you to read. Just very briefly, what kind of effect is all of this
0: having on school librarians?
2: Uh, so some librarians have even quit after being harassed online. Others have been fired for refusing to remove books. Um, but some are fighting back, and this is a difficult battle. They they talk about being vilified in small towns. Uh, reports of signs uh, accusing them of being uh, pedophiles put uh, up on people's lawns. Uh, reports of buildings being closed early over fears for staff's safety. Uh, tactics have also escalated, really, with criminal charges being pursued against school school officials and librarians in at least 15 cases in the past school year. And NGO, NGO is really warning that these intimidating tactics uh, can lead to self-censorship uh, among librarians. Mm. Kathy, thanks for that. France 24's book editor, Catherine Kadir Clifford, thanks to her, thanks to you for watching France
0: 24. Stay with us. With all the main European news, debates between representatives of the best and worst performing EU member states and exclusive interviews with major personalities.
3: Talking Europe,
0: presented by Catherine Nicholson, on France 24 and France24.com.